0: Aaron became the first legally blind athlete to play football in a division one game when he was at Tulane University. He was a captain in his senior year and went on to become a successful NFL free agent. Aaron never let his limited vision get in the way of his success. Aaron's grit determination, and effort enabled him to earn a spot on the Tulane team and the respect of his teammates, coaches, and fans. Aaron began playing football in seventh grade and worked extremely hard to get to where he is today. His goal is to show others that it doesn't matter what they are fighting or what their perceived limitations are. Anything is achievable with hard work and tuning out the judgment of others. His planning, passion and perseverance enables him to be successful. Aaron has paved the way for others with disabilities and shown that the impossible is possible. Today we welcome Aaron to our podcast.
1: Today we have Aaron Gollum and he is going to share his amazing story. I'm so excited to have him. Uh, Came across him via Instagram, yeah? I think you liked one of my posts and then I clicked on your page. I was like, oh my God, he's amazing. So here we are today. Aaron, thank you so much for being here. Greatly appreciate your time.
2: Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to come on and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, so we can get it rocking and rolling. So basically, I just want to hear all about your story because I'm fascinated by it. So tell me your story in in a nutshell or however you want to explain it. Go for it.
2: Yeah, so I was born legally blind and for me what that means is I have zero vision in my right eye at all and very limited in my left. So for my left eye it's now, if you imagine taking your thumb and your pointer finger and putting them together and making a circle and then decreasing the size of that circle to maybe half the size of a dime, that's about my field of vision. But then in that field of vision, most people have 20-20 vision. Mine is about 2,200. So what that means is what a normal person sees at 200 feet away, I'll see it about 20 feet away. And so I was born with that and, and grew up, you know, I played tons of different sports, but never really great at them. And in about seventh grade, decided I wanted to play football. And I was playing, but I was never really good at it. And wanted to find a way that I could, you know, be a starter and also play in college. And I, after a few years, found long snapping, which became my position. Practiced every single day, and I would go to school, get to school every day at five in the morning. Practice. I'd lift weights every single day after school, and just get better. And would do it on a consistent and everyday basis. And eventually was able to earn an offer from Tulane. And in my sophomore season, became the first legally blind uh, Division one athlete to play in a game.
1: That's incredible. So what I find amazing about this is, you know, most people would look at any disability or anything in their life and just be like, you know, pretty much just cancel themselves out. Right. Like that happens with, you know, I know people with dyslexia and different, you know, and then I know people who haven't done that sort of used it to their, you know, to their advantage, like, oh, that's not going to stop me. So from day one, like, what was your mentality like? Because I, I always love to know, like, what's going through that mind. You know, like, keeps you going, keeps you plugging, even when you're fighting against all odds. Because that's what an underdog's all about, right? Like, you're against all odds, and you just keep going. So I always love to see like the different perspectives on that.
2: Yeah, and, and I think it's just the internal drive to be the best I can possibly be, and to push myself harder than anyone can imagine. I always. You know pride myself, no matter what it is, whether it's football, whether it's work now, whether it's speaking, whether it's whatever it is of being the hardest working person in any single room I walk into. And I strongly believe I can walk into a room and have you know some of them most famous, wealthiest, whatever it may be, people in that room. and I might not be as hard of worker as they are, but give me a week and I'll work every single one of them. That's just who I am, and I don't care what it is. I'll figure it out and push myself beyond belief.
1: So what inspired you to get that mentality? Like who was like your mentor w- way back? There's got to be some sort of trace. <laughs> trace to this amazing mind of yours.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a couple people. And first off, my parents definitely did a good job when I was very little. You know, they never wanted me to, you know, a little task I would struggle with. I mean, let's just take, for example, maybe like tying my shoes. The little kid being legally blind, that might have been something difficult for me. But instead of just helping me and doing it for me, They would have rather seen me struggle and challenge myself, even if it took me an hour to do it. They didn't care because that way I learned from it and I can grow and and adapt to each situation. So that really helped growing up. And then when I really got into wanting to play in college, my parents were very supportive. They were never going to push me, but my dad snaps with me every single morning at 5 a.m. And he got up and did that. I'm very thankful that he was willing to do that. But he would never come to me the night before and say, hey, do you want to go to school and practice tomorrow? But if I went and asked him, he would come with me. And so we went to school together most mornings, practice. And then one of my teammates, uh, who currently plays college football and his father, you know, his whole family is you know, played in the NFL or, you know, his mother was an Olympic swimmer. So his, his father's name is Steve Burton, very prominent uh, sportscaster in the Boston area. And mm-hmm. he became a mentor to me and a true friend of mine. He would really push me, you know, my dad was there to help and do everything. But I like, think Steve really pushed me in the sense of. If I had a bad snap, he told me to go do push-ups. If I, you know, he really pushed me to put in an extra work and be that much better.
1: That's amazing. So I guess it stemmed from your parents when you were little and then you had sort of this mentor, Steve, that sort of helped guide you along yeah, the way. absolutely. That's incredible. And then you got to NFL free agent too as well?
2: Yeah, so at the end of my senior season, I basically decided I didn't want to be finished playing football. And so I made a decision I was gonna do my pro day, which is essentially a tryout in front of a bunch of NFL teams. So during part of that spring semester at college, I flew out to San Diego and I trained with a legendary NFL kicker John Carney. He he played in the NFL for twenty three years and probably the best kicker of all time and trained with him for a little bit, got ready for my pro day, went back to school, did my pro day, was talking to a bunch of teams or a few teams and it was going really well. Um and so I was I was a free agent in the sense that I was talking to teams. And they were looking at me, but I never ended up getting signed officially to be on the roster of a team, unfortunately. But, you know, that's how it is. And, and you know, I, I took that and it was fine. And I, you know, continued to try a little bit, but then ended up just going into the business world.
1: That's incredible. Now, I find that, you know, it seems like nothing knocks you down, which I think is really, really remarkable. So like, how is it? So you learned this beautiful skill of like adapting from a young, young age, right? Like you said, like your, yeah. your parents wouldn't help you tie your shoe. They'd rather just watch you and, and see you challenge yourself and like keep going. So I feel like that has a lot to do with it. And like, I feel like you can be put in any situation and sort of just morph, like morph any way that you want to. It's like almost like a transformer, which, which is really incredible because that's what entrepreneurs do. That's what business people do right? And successful people, that's what they do. Like you just know how to pivot naturally, which I think is really, really remarkable. And it's almost like you just stepped into it, right? Like your mentality just like kept you going throughout the process.
2: Yeah, no, I think I think the main point is whatever you want to do, you can achieve it if you really work hard. And, And the thing is, I feel like a lot of people think that they work hard. But they're not actually working hard. They don't understand what hard work is. Working from nine to five every day and putting in your timing, that could be hard work depending on what it is. You don't know. But right. for me, you know, during quarantine, you know, a lot of people are taking this time to relax, to spend a lot of time during the day watching TV. I'm up to 5 a.m. every day and I go to bed at probably 11 at night every single day. And I'm, I, I time block my day out from 5 a.m. to 11. I'm doing things all day every day because I want to achieve as much success as I can over this time to propel me as far forward as I can in everything that I'm doing. right
1: now. That's incredible. So what would be like your success formula? So it sounds like time blocking sort of sounds like one of them. So run me through your mentality when it comes to that stuff, you know, like, what's your formula to of hard work and success? Because obviously, what you've achieved is pretty phenomenal. And you have a mind state that's and a mantra that's pretty incredible. So how do you sort of, own up to that, or like what do you create for yourself to make sure you get there to your standards and to your definition of hard work? How do you get there?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the three areas, and then I can dive a little deeper, but the three areas that I really think of about that are, are planning, passion, and perseverance. And when I talk about that, I say that if you want to achieve a goal, you have to set a plan, you have to create a plan. Because if you don't create a plan, you don't write it down, if you don't stick to it, nothing's going to happen. People wonder why they don't create stuff. Success in their life. People wonder why they haven't gotten that promotion. They haven't, you know, gotten the house of their dreams. Well, did you, did you create a plan uh, and actionable steps of how to get there? And nine out of 10 times, no, they just, they didn't do that. And that's, that's a big issue. If you create a plan and stick to it, you can achieve your goals. The next one is passion. And I strongly believe that if you're truly passionate about something, you can achieve anything you want. I don't, I, you know, and I have found this out in my life before with different things, you know, I, only take on things that I'm truly really passionate about. And that's why I've been able to do really well in the things that I do. I mean, for example, in school, in high school and some college, you know, I got some A's, but I was mostly a B student. And, and that's fine. That's not bad grades. But I just, school, I was just not that into it. And I didn't, didn't try as hard as I could have tried. And I think if I really enjoyed it, I probably would have gotten straight A's because, you know, I put all that effort into football, all that effort into what I'm doing now. Because I love what I'm doing and I'm passionate about what I'm doing. The next one is perseverance and pushing past, you know, any obstacle that's in your way. Pushing yourself harder than you can imagine and, and past anyone else. I mean, it's not not good enough to, you know, be the hardest working person, you know, on your team or in your office. But if you really want to achieve success, you got to outwork everyone.
1: What are some challenges that you've been through throughout your journey? Because I know for sure. Everyone faces them, right? And everyone has their different moments of rock bottom and different challenges that they've been through. So, what have been some of your challenges throughout your journey in all of this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was getting people to believe in me at first. I mean, for example, with football, I, you know, no one thought I was going to play in college. I wasn't even starting in high school for the first, you know, two years. And I was working hard, but I wasn't paying off. And it was only really until I really pushed myself not harder than everyone in my team not harder than everyone in my state but harder than every single person in the country to achieve that goal that I started seeing the results and you know people thought i was nuts saying i was going to play division 1 football but then once i got an offer everyone was like oh my god it's like he actually did it so i think getting past that roadblock everything that i'm doing i mean even now speaking you know i have some very ambitious goals of who I want to become. I want to be a top world-renowned keynote speaker, and you know I'm putting the steps into place to get there. But that's not going to happen overnight. You know mm-hmm. that's going to take years to get to that point. You know I'm I'm starting to climb up that ladder of levels of speaking, but it's going to take a long time to you know be the next Tony Robbins or something like that. It, it takes forever. So putting the steps now, putting the work now, and and I'll be thankful in five, ten years. from now.
1: When everyone was sort of doubting you back in high school, yeah. How did you get past that? Because that's that's a tough thing. Because I remember even when I started in business, right? So I was, it was my like senior year of college and I was talking to everyone about my business and it was getting into my first restaurant. And because I had two restaurants by the time I was 21. And I just remember there was people that were doubting me, even in the restaurants. And then when I stepped into real estate after my restaurant world, people were doubting me then too. So it was like, you know, it's, I think it it hurts the worst when it's the people closest to you, you know? So how did you get past that, get past that point when you were feeling that doubt? And, you know, was it people that were close to you or was it just kind of like external factors and sort of, how did you get past that point?
2: I think the biggest thing that, you know, this definitely took time for me, but I've learned over the years is respect the opinion of everyone in the world, but Mm -hmm. don't value anyone's opinion except your own. And and by that, I mean, I respect everyone. I respect everyone's opinion. Everyone's opinion has words. I do not value anyone else's opinion besides myself because I don't honestly care what anyone thinks about me or what I'm doing. And it takes a long time to get to that mentality. That's a really hard mentality to achieve, especially when you're younger. Because when you're growing up, it's really hard to think that. And I I probably didn't think that way for a lot of high school. And I probably just said, you know, I'm going to prove people wrong. probably in high school I think my mentality was I'm just gonna prove people wrong but I still listen to other people but now my mindset is I respect everyone's opinion of me but you know I never get too high or too low on something someone might say oh like why are you doing all this like it's stupid it's never gonna get you anywhere I'll say great whatever someone might say oh you're you're amazing your story is so inspirational say awesome thanks Like appreciate it but you know I never get too high I never get too low And I respect their opinion and everyone's opinion, but I don't value it. The only opinion that matters is myself.
1: Right. You got that love for yourself that you kind of don't really care what anyone else thinks, which I think is super important. I've sort of experienced that on my own too. It's like, you know, throughout the years, it's like you're worrying about everyone else. This is how it was for me, at least speaking. You know, it it was like, all right, I got to do it for this and I got to do it for that. And then over the years, it just became, you know, that whole lesson of self love. And it seems like that's where. You're at now because you're like, hey, you know, like I proved people wrong. I did it. What I, you know, what I imagined up here is what actually, actually manifested. Now, did you have any affirmations or anything that sort of kept you going throughout the process? Like, I'm just interested to know, like, how do you keep your your mind state that you do because it's a pretty powerful one. So it's like, you know, I'm sure there's some affirmations in there.
2: Just so like everyone listening this knows, like, I, I am not perfect. I struggle with things every single day of the week, and you know, it is very hard to in business or in life when you have a time period where you're not hitting your goals to keep going. So you have to realize that once you get into a state of mind that the end is certain. Once you realize that whatever the goals you put in place and you create a plan to achieve, they are going to happen. As long as you execute on that plan, then you'll be much happier and more relaxed. I mean, I have a lot of goals that I want to achieve in the future, but I've, I've been able to come to the understanding that all of my goals are certain. They will happen in the future as long as I put in the work and follow the steps that I've created for myself right now. So for example, I a few days ago, probably last week, you know, because it's 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 the third quarter of the year, you know, I I'm, I'm doing this every day, every every quarter now, the day or two before the next quarter starts the year, I do a a ninety-day map of what I want to do, what I want to accomplish in the next 90 days, and I break that up into a 30-day sprint, three 30-day sprints. And so I said, what are my goals at the end of this 90 days? And, and I listed those out and I figured out, okay, awesome. Those are my goals. How am I going to get there? And I said, okay, let's break that down and say after 30 days, where would I like to be on this? And then from there, I time block my days out. I create non-negotiables that I have to do every day. Doesn't need to be a ton of stuff, but I probably have seven non-negotiable things that I have to do every day. If, if you know, my world catches on fire one day, I'm going to do those seven things and nothing else. And, and it's just not like they even have to take a ton of time, but you can expand on them and do more as long as you hit the bare minimum of those non-negotiables. And so from there, you know, over this next 90 days, I'm probably going to get more accomplished than most people will do in a year. just because of how I'm handling my time.
1: That's amazing. So there, there's two things that you mentioned today that I really, really like, and that I'm probably going to try myself. So I love the the plan, passion, and perseverance. That I think is awesome because it's critical, right? Like, how are you ever going to get anywhere if you don't plan for it? And then you got to have a passion for it. Otherwise, you're going to hate it, right? And then perseverance is to keep going even when you don't see those goals, but you know that there's an end game there. And then, you know, now this 90-day map plan, now I'm curious, like, do you do it almost like a vision board type thing or how do you sort of lay that out? where is it written down somewhere physically or do you put it on your, like in your phone? Like how does that work for the time? Yeah. I mean, I
2: think, I think with everything you do for the plan, you have to write it down. And if you don't write it down, you're not going to stick to it. So I I created, you know, a a Google doc or a word doc on my computer and I just wrote out, you know, what are my 90 day goals? And I I wrote those down in a list and I said, awesome. Where do I want to be in 30 days from now? And then in 30 days from now, I'm going to look at this next the, the second 30 day chunk and say, okay, My 90-day goal is this. It's 60 days away. Where do I want to be in 30 days to be that much closer? And so I'm going to do that again then. But from that 30 days, I said, awesome. You know, what do I need to do every week to get to that? Awesome. And then every Sunday, I like I map out most of my week. So Sunday nights, what I do is I sit down and say, here are all the meetings I have this week. Here's everything, you know, every call, every you know thing I need to get done. And then I don't I don't map out, you know. I need to send emails from 10 to 11 a.m. on Wednesday. On Sunday, I plan out the major parts of my week, but then every night before, I plan out, you know, all the exact times. So, like tonight, I'll plan out, you know, maybe tomorrow morning. I don't know what my schedule is, but maybe from 8:15 to 9, I'm doing, you know, sending out emails. Maybe from 9 to 9:30, I'm, I don't know, thinking of new pieces of content. I, I don't know, but I, I fill in the gaps of my meetings and things like that with. With the non-negotiable tasks that I need to do every day.
1: So those non-negotiable tasks; those are things that absolutely have to do with your ninety-day plan. And those yeah. are like little goals that you that you set for yourself to accomplish that was ninety that ninety-day goal, correct?
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and they're easy things to do. For example, one of my you know not, not non-negotiables right now is to send twenty uh, LinkedIn reco- re- requests a day send 10 LinkedIn messages to people I'm already connected to a day, uh, comment on five people's posts a day, and post one piece of content a day on LinkedIn. It's not hard. You just have to do it.
1: I find your mind very fascinating, and I love it. (laughs) It's so cool, you know, because when you say to yourself, you know, in 30 days, if you say you're, you know, send 10 messages a day, so in a week's time, that'll be, I mean, business days, I'm assuming you're doing, yeah?
2: Yeah, Uh, I mean, I I do some stuff on the weekends, but it's not... Yeah, it's not as much. It's tailored around other things. You know, if I have time, here are there. But yeah, I my non negotiables are mostly Monday through Friday,
1: Monday through Friday. Yeah, because basically, if you're thinking so that's 50 messages a week, 50 times four is 200. And if you tell if you were to ever tell me, Pam, you bet you're going to send out, you know, 600 LinkedIn messages over the next three months, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I'm like no, no, no. How's that gonna happen? You know, and it's like cool that you break it down with little little steps because you want to know those little steps are gonna get you big results.
2: Ninety five percent of people don't respond to me, and I don't care if they don't respond. I mean, I, I did at first, but once I got past the point of you know what I do, I think I provide a lot of value, and if people don't want to hear me or work with me, then it's their loss. It's not my loss. So it it, it was hard to get past that kind of hump at first but once i was able to you know it was a lot easier to send out messages and not care when people don't
1: respond that's pretty awesome though because i remember when i first started out as an entrepreneur like my big thing was being in real estate right like commercial real estate and then development it's like you got to put yourself out there and especially in commercial where it's like i'm pretty much like the minority you know and like going out there and like yeah. talking to so many people and like you know getting that whole rejection phase as an entrepreneur everybody understands the rejection phase you know and it's like how do you move past that it's an uncomfortable weird block to be in you know so in your first sort of rejection in that realm you know what was your thought process throughout that like how did you get past that point
2: i think it just came with the uh, the concept that i mentioned before of the fact that you know now i don't don't value other's opinions and i respect them and mm-hmm. You know, I think that mindset really allowed me to not care if people respond or not because at first I think I valued the fact that if someone didn't respond, I took it to hard and I said, Wow, that, that sucks. Like they don't they're not interested in what I'm doing or whatever and now it's just like, All right, well, they're lost is so whatever, you know.
1: That's awesome for them. That's awesome. No, it's like, I can so relate to the rejection phase in the beginning. It happened to me so many times. And then, you know, I'd be shy to like reach out to people. And, you know, I had someone say to me, you know, Pam, you know, you do realize that you're providing value for people that is exponential. You know, you're dealing with somebody's biggest asset or anything like that. And when I realized that I bring value to the table for somebody, it's more than just business. It's the relationship. That's sort of what shifted my mind about that whole rejection phase. I totally hear you on that. Totally hear you on that. I think it's amazing. So when are you going to write a book? I'm waiting for it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, eventually. Actually, it's funny that we're doing this now. I, I, Like I said, I was on a Zoom call when we got off and I have another one probably another hour but I'm starting my own podcast that will probably come out in a week or a week and a half whenever my video guy edits all the stuff from this that I send to him. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what I'm starting right now and then, you know, I will write a book eventually, but it's not uh, not happening at the moment.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. Super cool. Congrats on the podcast. I mean, with it, for everybody listening, you can let them know what the name is and where to follow it for sure.
2: So that is not 100% decided on the name. It's going to be a <laughs> last-minute decision. But uh, for everyone listening, if you you know go to my Instagram, it's at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N-J-G-O-L-U-B. And you'll be able to see everything with it there. And as soon as the name is chosen and over the next week, it'll be on my profile and everything. So you'll be able to find it. But uh, yeah, there's there's a few names left where we're deciding between
1: them. Super cool. Now, I'm going to ask you, what would your older self tell your younger self as a piece of advice?
2: Honestly, the biggest thing is, I hate to say it again, but don't value others' opinions. I think if I had learned that at at a younger age, my life would have been a lot easier. I think that's so true of so many people because so many people get stuck in their head because they value other people's opinions and then stop them from doing the things that they want to do. As soon as you can get over that roadblock, you can understand that people have this idea in their heads that people are judging them and thinking of them, but they're really not. Like People are concerned with themselves. They're not concerned with what you're doing. So they might think about you if they see a post of you on Instagram for two seconds, but I can promise you an hour later, a day later, a week later, you are not what's on the top of their mind. So stop caring what other people
1: think. Amen to that. Amen to that. I've had a professor in college that once told me, he's like, fam, you know, and he would tell the whole class. He's my creative process teacher, Professor Warren Dolan at Stonehenge. And I don't know why everyone's so concerned about what everyone else thinks. It's like people are so tied up in their own insecurities. They don't even care about what you're doing. So why not? Just go out there and just do it, you know? And that was, like, the best piece of advice I think I've ever gotten. Like, it, that is what made me, like, fearless. Because I'm like, everyone's got their ish going on, you know? And it's like, who, you know, just go out there and do it. Why are you afraid of what other people think? So a- amen to what you said, 100%, 100%. And I want to thank you so much for coming on today and letting us know what you're up to. And now, and sort of let give them a sneak peek of what's coming next in, in your world. I know you're stepping into the field of, Speaking and all that good stuff too.
2: Yeah, so my website is aarongolub.com. My Instagram, like I said, is at Gollup. And, you know, I'm coming out with my new podcast too, and I'm speaking at a lot of events. I know, you know, there's not really live events right now, but I'm doing them over Zoom. So if you have an interest in having me speak at your event or to your team or company or whatever it may be, feel free to either find me out. You can email me through my website or, or DM me on Instagram, and I'd be happy to chat, you know. Otherwise, I am looking forward to when live events can happen again because those are definitely more fun than Zoom events, but you know, Zoom events are, are what there are for, for the immediate future.
1: Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it, Aaron.
0: The only dream that I've been chasing is my own.
1: So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show.